Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports. We hope you had a great weekend. I know the weather was beautiful here on the East Coast. I hope it was just as beautiful and satisfying for you wherever you live in this great country of America. An important show today. We are going to be focusing on the border. Lots of important developments over the weekend. The Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, acknowledged that contrary to what we were hearing, that all the Haitians that had amassed under the bridge and the border in Texas, Del Rio, Texas, were being sent back. 12,000 plus, 12,000 plus have been released into the United States. That is a shocking number on anyone's watch. That's a shocking number on Joe Biden's watch. It's particularly shocking because the Homeland Security and ICE, the two of the Uh, Customs and Border Patrol and ICE, they're not enforcing the law. They're specifically coming up with workarounds. And we are going to talk to the former commissioner of the Customs and Border Patrol, Mark Morgan. We've had him on the show before. He knows what's really going on. And we're going to play a game of truth or lie. What we're going to do is we're going to go through some of the things Mayorka said and find out if they are true. One of the things he said was, hey, don't worry if we read them into the country. They'll show up for the hearings I think you're going to want to hear the statistics on that. Uh, statistical analysis isn't that good for that claim. Then, after we get that done, we're going to go to Chris Kobach, the former Secretary of State of Kansas, a candidate for Kansas Attorney General. He has a landmark lawsuit pending against Joe Biden, against Mayorkas, against the Homeland Security Department, filed by Texas sheriffs and by ICE employees, basically the unions for ICE the Immigration Customs Enforcement Agency, alleging that they are not being allowed to enforce the law that's on the book, that the Biden administration is in violation of the law. That could result in a injunction very soon. This is a case we're all keeping a close eye on. Chris is here to describe exactly what's going on there. Important stuff all around. Let's keep an eye on it. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Mark Morgan. Followed by Chris Kobach. Today is all about the border because the security of this nation is impacted by what's been going on at the border. We'll get you more right after this commercial break. Temp check. 
What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody who was on the front lines of the immigration debate for decades, the former Customs and Border Patrol Commissioner, Mark Morgan. Mark, welcome to the show again. John, thanks for having me, as always. Listen, you you bring such clarity. We have so much uh, confusion in the media, a lot of people reporting bad things and inaccurate things, and people are like, what's going on? And you always bring us back to the facts, which is what I love about you. There is a prevailing story that all of those Haitian immigrants that were amassing under the bridge in Houston or in Del Rio, who were then allowed into the country, according to Mayorkas, 12,000 of them in the last couple of weeks, that they're fleeing Haiti, that they are fleeing the hurricanes and the destruction of earthquakes and the bad economy and political persecution. Is that a true story from what you know about the Haitian immigrants? Absolutely not. Another of just a monumental amount of spin, misdirection, lies being told from the, the secretary all the way up to the president of the United States with respect to what's happening. The, the, the overwhelming majority of Haitians that you saw under that bridge, that we all saw under that bridge, they haven't lived in Haiti, John, for five or, or some or for more than a decade when they left in 2010 because of some earthquakes and some other issues. They've been living in Central and Latin America, like uh, Chile and Brazil. And, and, and John, it, it gets even worse than that. We've got documented proof that, that as they make their trek through and, and, and they get to the Mexico side just before they go, guess what they're doing? They're getting rid of all their documents and IDs that show they've actually been living in those other countries. So then when they come to America, they can say, oh, I just left, I just left Haiti. Unbelievable. And, and so they, they, they were living in another place. They had jobs, apartments, places to live, and they're just trying to scam their way into the United States. Is that the right way to look at this? It's absolute right way to look at it. They know, look, that there are loopholes in our system, and it's not just in, look, we, we, I think we give the immigrants a, a free pass when we shouldn't. It's not just the cartels and smuggling organizations that are exploiting the loopholes. That doesn't happen unless the migrants are doing it too. They know when they're coming here, they know that they are coming here for economic reasons, and they're not coming here for valid asylum claims, but they do it anyway. Yeah, and what's that like uh, for most asylum claims? It's like eighty or ninety percent of them get rejected, right? They're never without merit. Is that is that right? That's absolutely right. It's a combination of either if they do show up for the proceedings, they're found to have a fraudulent or invalid claims, or they don't show up. The combination, and the truth is, the majority of them don't even show up. They they get here, their court date is two, three and a half years uh, uh, down the road, and they simply don't show up, and they get court orders of removal and abstention from a judge, and they refuse to comply. That's the truth. And here, here, John. The, the administration, especially Secretary Mayorkas, he was the deputy secretary. He knows. He yeah, knows he that know. the overwhelming majority of, of, of claims for asylum are fraudulent. They're economic migrants. He knows it. And he knows that when he releases them into the interior United States, that it's two, three years before they have a hearing. And he knows they don't show up. He knows it. And he's lying to the American people about it. 
It's unreal. In fact, yesterday he did this uh, two-step, which is, hey, if someone doesn't show up for the hearing, we've got a way to get them back. That's not true, right? Uh, that right now ICE is being told they can't round up folks like this. Why is that storyline allowed to stand, uh, that they, we can get these people? It happened during the Trump administration. You guys did a lot of work to, to get people out of the interior who didn't belong. But right now there is no enforcement like that, right? There, there is, and that's very important. First of all, we know why there's not more more uh, sunlight on this because the mainstream media is an extension of the Democratic Party. We know that, John. And so, look, what what we also know is individuals who who come in here, we allow them in the United States if we don't detain them. We know they don't stay in contact. They don't tell us their address. They abscond. They move several times, and you don't know where they're at. And in addition to that, and that's why it makes interior enforcement so difficult, but that's what's so important is it's not just what they're doing on the border, right? So they're, they're creating a, a welcoming centers on the border, but it's also the, in the interior. That's why we say they created a sanctuary country because they basically abolished ICE without congressional authority. They've reduced 90% of ICE to do their enforcement in the interior. You basically have to be a known or suspected terrorist or convicted of an aggravated felon. If not, you're not a priority and you're allowed to to continue to remain in, the, in, in this country illegally. It's absolutely absurd. And they keep lying to the American people about it. It is amazing. When you watched Mayorkas yesterday on television with Chris Wallace on Fox News, what were some of the other things he was saying that are just flat out false? I mean, I, I'm hearing from lots of rank and file uh, CPB and ICE uh, agents today that that was one of the most uh, reprehensible spin jobs they've ever seen. What, what were some of the other things that really jumped out at you? Absolutely, John. So, so let's, if we can, re- real quick, the context of, of how they're more worried about words and phrases. So, so instead of illegal aliens, it's undocumented workers. Right. Instead of illegal immigration, it's irregular immigration. And now, and now the, the secretary will not give a straight answer. Finally, he had to because the first reporter asked the direct question, how many have you released in the United States? Because up at that point, he avoided by saying the new phrase, the new phrase, right? So he'll talk about removal proceedings. So so the individuals have either been removed under Title 42 or they're put in removal proceedings. He knows it's a lie. He knows that removal proceedings means released into the interior United States. And John, it's not just about Haitian. We know that just a couple of weeks ago, he told the American people that they're going to remove the majority of Haitians. That was a lie. We now know it's up to 12,000 that have been released in the United States. But it's not just Del Rio. That's a microcosm. The entire 2,000 miles of southwest border. I'm being conservative when I say that they've released 650,000 illegal aliens in the United States. And if you put the 350 to 400,000 gotaways, you're looking at over a million that they've intentionally released in the interior of the United States or because of open borders, 350,000 have gotten away. That's where we're at right now. And that's what he won't tell. He keeps spending, misdirecting, and lying to the American people. Does this Homeland Security Secretary have a credibility gap with his own agents now, the own people on the fourth line, particularly after the decision to open an investigation into the Custom and Border Patrol agents who were on horses trying to keep um, illegal migrants from getting away from the, the, the containment zone? Uh, are the rank and file in danger of not following this guy's orders going forward? Yeah, look, this is what I say. That, that was the last straw. But make no mistake, they had already lost confidence in him well before because this is the same secretary that early on, what's the phrase he said? Our borders are closed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we know it's a lie. 
he still he he was it, it provided congressional testimony and, and in the middle of what the entire world is seeing happen in del rio where where uh, illegal aliens are literally going back and forth that john real quick i can't so they they would enter the united states camp up under the bridge and then they'd be like you know i'm hungry then then they would go back to mexico to we'll get, get some food, food right and bring it back yeah. right and this secretary is going to say our borders are closed Meanwhile, the majority of agents are pulled off the line and, and, and along the whole of the southwest border, not just Del Rio, but Del Rio alone, over 200 miles of border went unsecured. And so when he says, when he says things like um, 8,000 went back to Mexico, uh, 8,000 Haitians went back to Mexico, John, it's another lie. In that same period, Border Patrol conservatives reporting 7,000 got away. We know exactly what happened. They just went a mile to the left, illegal entry because it's yep. unpatrolled. Right back. And then... Right, right. And then in the middle of this crisis that he created, he refuses to take responsibility, still blames the Trump administration nine days later for what they dismantled. What's he do? He goes after the border troll that he's put in harm's way to clean up his mess. He's condemned them. He's vilified them. He's scapegoated them. But, you know, to me, violating one of our most founding principles in this country is called fair and partial due process. As the secretary, he's already been the judge, jury, and executioner. And now you, now you think these guys are going to get a fair shot? No way, John. It's unconscionable. It's disgusting. And he should be fired. It is remarkable that in such a short period of time, an extraordinary stable <clears throat> border, a closed border, uh, was eviscerated so quickly to now basically we don't know who's coming in, right? We have no idea. There's no vetting going on. They get to the interior of the country before we even know who they are. What is the recipe? If if Republicans were to win in 2022, what can be done in the short term to stop this, given that the Biden administration shows no no real sign of relenting on its open borders policy? Well, first of all, we, we've got to make sure they follow the law. That's another lie that's being told. And he said that on Sunday with Chris Wallace. It's a lie. He said he's following the law. And yep. then after that Congress passed, it's a law. They're not following the INA. One, let's talk about detention. They're not detaining individuals. The INA says you must detain. They're not doing it. They're, so they're absolutely buying the law. We know if you detain, then you're going to see – that's called applied consequences. You're going to see the numbers of illegal crossers dramatically go down. History's shown it. So, it, so And then let's, let's make sure that they enforce the law across the board. So we've got a court ruling right now that says they must reinstate MPP, which we all know is a game changer. They're not doing it. So first of all, let's make sure that they are following the rule of law. Number two, we – look, look. The Biden administration, they are not going to do anything. They've done nothing but encourage and incentivize, and we know why they're doing it. Um, so I don't have faith. I, I think there's going to be very little that Congress is going to be able to do to stop this president through DHS policy and executive action other than forcing them to actually in, in, uh, uh, comply with the law, which they're not doing. Wow. Amazing. Just just jaw dropping. You know, you had an amazing career. You worked as an LAPD cop. You worked as an FBI agent for two decades. And then, of course, uh, became the Border Patrol chief and then the uh, commissioner of the CPB. When you look at what's going on now, crime stats today, a 30 percent rise in violence, violent crimes. Uh, is there a direct linear connection between defunding the police and demoralizing the police and uh, and this rise in crime? There absolutely is. And look, it, it's, it's not just about uh, defunding the police. It's, it's actually the rhetoric, right? So, so in my opinion, the, the, the far-left Democrats in this administration, John, they've actually created the divisiveness that doesn't exist 
and the majority uh, between the majority of law enforcement and Americans in this country. They're actually driving it. That makes the cops' jobs more dangerous. It makes communities more dangerous. You can see in the Democratic-led cities across this country, like Chicago and others, the, crime, the, the homicide is skyrocketing. It's going through the roof. It absolutely does. Look, I've worked the streets. And when you, when you take money away, but more importantly, when you create that divisiveness in a community, it makes everybody less safe. And, and let, me, let me just, a, a pragmatic thing. So if, if you cut funding, what do you think has to happen? You're going to hire less cops. Yep. You're, you, the, 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 the response times to, to serious crimes are going to go up. Look, I just heard a, a report the other day that, that a, a major metropolitan city had to go out and say, hey, look, if it's not a high-level code one emergency – Good luck. We're probably not going to respond because wow. millions of dollars was taken away from us. Amazing. Just amazing. The courts seem like a likely place for some of these issues to get resolved or pushed back into a more common sense approach. How confident are you? I mean, there's been one major ruling already, right? The courts have ruled that the stay in Mexico policy could not be disbanded the way Biden did, therefore ordered it back in place. There's been a slow walk to comply with that, but at least the courts have set that in motion. Are the courts the last line of defense as long as Democrats are in control of Washington? It has to be. We have to use a Democratic playbook. So all four years on the Trump administration, in my opinion, they pushed what was absolutely new, frivolous lawsuits on the merits, but they didn't care uh, because they knew they were going to lose on the merits. But they went ahead and did it because it slows everything down. And so that's our last line of defense. But this is very different uh, is because these claims do have merit. And look, they're winning every single time. So let's start with Texas. John, early on, the moratorium against deportations, they, 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 they sued and won. Injunction across all 2,000 miles. Uh, like you said, MPP, uh, Remain in Mexico program, they won on that as well. And now they're pushing back on Title 42 to make sure that that stays in place. Uh, as well, John, you, you and I were talking about the, 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 the lawsuit that's going on right now that, that absolutely shows that it's unconstitutional, the, the, the interior enforcement restrictions that are placed on ICE. I think they're going to win on that, too. At the end of the day, we know this administration is going to double down. They're not going to do anything to secure our borders and stop illegal immigration. At the end of the day, our last line of defense absolutely are the states. It's uh, pretty remarkable. Friday, before Alejandro Mayorkas went on television yesterday, he told reporters uh, that the nearly 15,000 migrants who were camped out on the bridge were not tested for COVID-19. We now know 12,000 plus of those were sent to the interior of the country. How big an oversight is this failure to test for COVID-19? And what are the long-term consequences? Because Title 42 actually would require this, right? In a normal world, Title 42 would require screening, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and this is why it goes, again, the, the lies that keep coming out of Secretary Marcus. He keeps saying how they're following the law and the policy. They're not. Let's take Title 42, the policy. Um, look, we, we it's funny, it coins our phrases when it's, when it's convenient. It's not even an immigration policy, right? It's a public health policy that came from CDC. They're not complying with their own CDC's policy that says to further reduce the introduction of COVID-19 in this country that all single adults and families should not be released into the country. They should be removed. Now, I also think that it should be for uncompanied minors because, John, you and I know the majority are 15, 16, 17 years old can carry that. We were applying it in an under Trump administration to all demographics to put America first. And what does this administration do? They're not complying with their own CDC and they're lying to the American people about it. 
85% of families that illegally entering, they're letting in to the country. And they're dumping them off at bus stations and NGOs along the border and saying, you know what, we're not testing them. It's your responsibility, local communities. So no, not everybody's being tested. We don't even know for sure the amount that are being tested, but we do know that 15 to 20% of those that are being tested are, are testing positive for COVID. And then let's not forget the number of gotaways. Again, 350 to 400,000 gotaways because our border is wide open, continue to carry disease. It, it, and then, John, real quick, and we haven't even talked about vac- vaccination. Yeah. You, you, for me, right, for us, if you want to keep your job and, and pay your mortgage and put food on the table, you've got to get vaccinated. Are you going to lose that ability to do that? But yet someone illegally entering our country, breaking our laws, doesn't. It's, a, it's nonsensical. It's, it, it, it's all America last and everybody else first, but it's done by design by this administration. It is just remarkable. You feel the palpable frustration that Americans have with this. And I guess, you know, you get what you pay for, right, if you elect this policies. Because the one thing you have to say about Joe Biden, the Democrat, they were clear what they were going to do before they ran. But now we're really, really seeing it. Are we in a moment now where buyer's remorse is beginning to set and even for people who supported uh, Biden? I think so. And I think the, the polls reflect it, right? Because like, people, clearly, I'm fired up about what's going on the southwest border because, again, it's jeopardizing every aspect of our public safety, health, and national security. But it's not just about the, the fact that they dismantled. They're the ones that dismantled uh, everything that we had in place to open our borders. But it's that they're lying to the American people. They can't get a straight answer from them for days and days. In, in, in congressional testimony, when a senator asks the, the, the Secretary of Homeland Security, John, the Secretary, a cabinet-level official, very straightforward question. How many of you removed? How many of you detained? That's it, yep. right? How many of you removed? How many of you detained? And how many of you released in the United States? Those three things. He didn't ask any more complicated about demographics, how many families versus unaccompanied minors, how many from the 148 different countries. He didn't ask. He didn't do any you know, complicated question. How many removed? How many detained? How many released? Doesn't have it, doesn't avoid it. Keeps lying to the American people about removal proceedings, even though we know that that means a release in the United States. That, that's where we're at right now. And, and look, and so it's not just the fact that they're seeing it in living color, what's happening, but they're also recognizing that they're being lied to. And I think that both of those things together, it's what's leading to the buyer's remorse. Wow, just a remarkable moment. Mark, how do people follow what you're doing? You're doing such important work in so many different venues. What's the best way to stay in touch with you on Twitter, Facebook, websites? How can people follow the great work you're doing? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, You know, look, I'm proud to be privileged to to be a part of two organizations, uh, FAIR, Federation for American Immigration Reform, as well as Heritage. If they go to both of those websites, it's a great way to, to really get educated and get knowledgeable. It's all facts. You know, there's not politics in there. You're going to see facts and you're going to be able to see for yourself the lies that this administration is telling the American people. Yeah, such important stuff. We want people to make a fact-based decision. And unfortunately, there's so many misinformation, particularly in my profession, the news media, that it's maddening. That's why these interviews, what you do is so important. You get everybody focused on the facts. And we're we're so grateful for that. If if I could look, just, just one example. We... And we had from the secretary to the White House press secretary to the president of the United States, even though it's been debunked, there's still the whip, the, the whip, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the strap. And, and the president actually said two things. Right. We, we get so focused on the whip and strap. He also said run over. I can't believe they're using hushers to run over yeah. immigrants and strap them. Both of those are absolutely false. The photographer himself that took the picture says it's false. 
but yet they're still doing it. The president of the United States, and again, how these guys, look, their, their career's ruined, their reputation's ruined. There's no way they're going to get a fair shot. I, look, I've been there. I've been a part of internal affairs for two different agencies, and it's going to have a chilling effect on the investigators. There's no way that they're going to do a report that says, oh, everything's good. They're going to find something and guarantee it. Yeah, and that's going to take more of our brave men, men and women off the front lines of the Border Patrol, just what we don't need at this moment of crisis. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for everything you do. We, we love having you on the show. We walk away far better informed, which is what we really try to do here. So thanks, Sam. We'll get you back on soon. Thanks, John. Thank you. Have Bye-bye. a great day. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Chris Kobach is going to be here, former Kansas City Secretary of State. He's got a major lawsuit in Texas that you're going to need to know about. Really important to the border. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, the former Secretary of State of Kansas, uh, the current candidate for Attorney General of Kansas and the General Counsel for the Alliance for Free Citizens. Joining us right now is Chris Kobach. Chris, welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. You're doing such important work in the immigration space, and you had a blockbuster brand new lawsuit with the Alliance uh, brought by Texas sheriffs and ICE officers. Tell us what this lawsuit's about and why it's so important. Well, it's a lawsuit brought by a group of Texas sheriffs, as you mentioned, as well as an association of, of ICE officers. And it, it basically looks at the way Biden's administration is violating multiple federal statutes concerning the directives Congress gave to immigration enforcement back in 1996 that Congress said no more catch and release. And so they passed certain mandatory statutes that said right. aliens in this Aliens in this category must, or or to use the word in in the federal statute, shall be detained, and aliens in other categories shall be removed. Took away all discretion from the executive branch, and the Biden administration is just ignoring the law and actually ordering ICE officers and Border Patrol officers to disregard the law, to violate the law. And that has a really deleterious effect on, on Texas counties and sheriffs because they are no longer taking custody of and deporting dangerous alien criminals. These are not just your garden variety illegal aliens, but these are ones with very long criminal records who have committed really atrocious crimes, sex crimes against minors, you name it, all kinds of things, assaults on officers, weapons violations. And they're just previously ICE would have been allowed to make these people a high priority, immediately detain them, immediately remove them. them. Now the Biden administration is saying, if a sheriff's office calls, eh, don't just tell him you can't take them. And wow. um, in the Trump administration, there was a request for a certain uh, illegal alien prisoner that the moment he finished serving his sentence, that he be deported. Now the Biden administration is saying, yeah, we don't we don't care. Just turn him loose when he's done with his prison sentence back into the United States. It's appalling. And so the, we brought this suit in July. There's a preliminary injunction motion pending right now in the federal district court in Texas. And we're hoping any day now that uh, the judge will rule on that. 
And what's amazing here is these ICE officers at the association representing, they're essentially suing their boss, right? Mayorkas and Biden, because they're not being allowed to do their job. They're not being allowed to enforce the laws that they're entrusted with enforcing. What are the prospects for uh, an injunction? Uh, How would that work? Well, I, I think they're good. The law is definitely in our favor. And the Biden administration is, you know, they've, they've been reduced to arguing. Uh, well, well, first of all, they're trying to get the case kicked out of this court and they want, want it put in a more activist court. But beyond that, they're arguing, yeah, never mind what the law says. Shall doesn't mean shall. Uh, <laughs> we, the executive branch, always get to do whatever we want to do when it comes to enforcing immigration laws. And that's simply not the case. So I, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will you know, that will prevail in this case. And hopefully with a preliminary injunction, if we get that, that would have an improve, improving effect immediately across the border and in the interior, because you'd have ICE officers again, able to do their jobs. People would be deported again. Uh, Border Patrol would be detaining people again or returning them to Mexico, which another federal judge recently ordered them to do, although they haven't started yet. We could, through judicial uh, action and judicial enforcement of our statutes, you know, see things rapidly improve on the border. But again, we're just hoping and praying for a a good decision. Yeah, this is an important court decision because it really could ease the pressure in Texas. Now, over the weekend, uh, Secretary Mayorkas was on and basically said, listen, we released all these Haitians, like 12,000 of them in the last few weeks. But don't worry, they're going to show up for their hearings. And if they don't show up for hearings, we'll, we'll make sure we make a priority to get them. Is there any reason to believe that promise, given the record of people not showing up for hearings over the last 10 years? No, there's no reason to believe it at all. And one of the things that the White House finally fessed up to in the last few days is that they are now issuing notices to report. We, right. we knew about this in our lawsuit, and we have, um, were asking the judge to no longer allow this instead of a notice to appear. Well, for the, first of all, they shouldn't be releasing people into the interior with anything. But if they do, federal law requires them to issue a notice to appear, which means you've, you've started a removal hearing, a de- deportation process. And there is a court date. Well, now uh, the Biden administration is issuing these notices to report, which is simply a request to the illegal alien. Hey, please show up at one of these ICE offices within the next 60 days. And we already know, based on the Department of Homeland Security's own numbers, that a tiny percentage are showing up. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's an appallingly small number. So not surprisingly, you, you hand the illegal you turn the illegal alien loose in the United States, hand them a piece of paper saying, you, you know, please show up and we'll start a, a deportation proceeding against you. They don't obey. Yeah. All carrot, no stick. That's part of the problem, right? That once they know they're yeah. scot-free, they're scot-free. And that's exactly right. Yeah, it's remarkable. The flip side of this is the burden that the failure of the U.S. government to enforce the law and to protect the border is putting on, particularly Texas. So you've got the sheriff's departments that are stretched thin. They're trying to do the job that our government is supposed to do, the federal government is supposed to do. What is that like? What are these sheriffs experiencing? How big a burden is this on their departments, on their cities, on their communities? In the various counties, there's a total of seven counties that we represent in this case. The increase in crime, if you look at the period from when the Biden administration took office, so basically the end of January, and we've cut off most of our analysis up to the end of July. So, right. you know, February through July, there has been in most counties more than double the number of crimes committed and arrests made over the same period last year in 2020. So there has been a, a doubling in some counties. It's a tripling in the border counties. A lot of the additional crime involves things you would kind of expect right on the border, stolen vehicles, trespassing, cut fences, 
vehicle chase avoid uh, you know evading officers things like that yeah, bringing in children against their will in the further counties in the interior you see an increase in crime not necessarily the vehicle chases and the um, you know the stolen vehicles which is right. typical anywhere along the border but you would see an increase in other crimes and then everywhere you are seeing this problem where ICE is no longer taking custody. Say the sheriff makes an arrest of an illegal alien, not because he's an illegal alien, but because he's committed some crime. It used to be that ICE would say, absolutely, uh, we'll take custody right now. ICE is no longer taking custody and saying, yep, turn these people loose. If, you can, if you're not going to charge them and hold them or if whatever reason they make bail, turn them loose uh, and good luck with that. So it's, it's extraordinary how the sheriffs are just totally overwhelmed. They don't have the resources to deal with, you know, they would have to more than double the size of their, their jails, their, their personnel. It's a true crisis at the border and it is not letting up. Yeah, no, it's not. It's amazing when a governor and local sheriffs are trying to fill the role that our federal government's paid to do and also legally required to do. The most important thing here for people to understand, right, is the, this lawsuit lays out that the government is not following the law. They're making up the law, right? There is no notice to report, right, in the law. There's just a notice to appear. They're just changing the rules as they go without any authority from Congress. Is that is that a fair assessment of what's going on? It's even worse than that. Not only are they changing the rules as they go, they're violating current federal statutes that say you must do this. And they're saying, yeah, well, we're not going to do that. And wow. we're going to do something else. So it's, it's, it's not an absence of congressional commands. <laughs> they are ignoring and violating the commands and ordering ICE officers, you know, and, and Border Patrol officers, not only to break the law, but it's incredibly demoralizing because these law enforcement officers, these brave men and women, you know, trained and, and devoted their careers to enforcing these laws, to protecting the border, to protecting the American public and to enforcing our immigration laws. And now they're being ordered to stand down by the Biden administration. The Border Patrol has been transformed into a, a an agency of babysitters and Uber drivers. Yeah. They're no longer able and, and they hate it. And, and I'd say this in, in the term Uber driver comes from what one Border Patrol officer told me. They can't stand it. They they didn't train for this. They wanted to protect the border, not process people into the interior of the United States. Unbelievable. It's just a remarkable thing. Do these ICE agents and, and their representatives, do they know what states and communities the illegal aliens are being sent to when they're released? Is there any roadmap that the American people can get and just where these illegal aliens are landing after they get released into the interior of the country? You know, that's a great question. I'm not aware of one. <laughs> there may be one uh, deep within the bowels of the uh, Biden administration. We haven't seen it. Certainly your typical line officer is not aware yeah. of it or made aware of where, you know, where these people are being sent into the interior. But it's just astonishing. You, you have the Biden administration aiding and abetting the violation of law and, and of course, ordering its agents to break the law as well. It's just crazy. I'd like to pivot for a second to politics because you're running, obviously, for an important office in Kansas City, the attorney general. You've got a very red state that currently has a Democratic governor, Governor Kelly. And it seems as though in the last few weeks, as Joe Biden's popularity has begun to uh, sink and in a really, really fast, rapid fashion with all the crises that his policies have created, that people running against Democrats are trying to hang the Biden weight, uh, the Biden unpopularity on the Democrats. Are, is that a strategy for Kansas to hold the Democrats and align them with an unpopular Joe Biden? And how might this impact the 2022 elections? It's definitely a strategy and it will affect the election. So Kansas statewide offices will be 
all up for grabs in uh, 2022. Kansas typically has seen a pattern, uh, although it's a very red state, hasn't uh, put a Democrat in the U.S. Senate in Let's see, since the 1960s, early 1960s. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. No, I'm sorry, 1930s, 1930s. You haven't voted for a, a Democrat for president since 1964. It's been since the 1930s on a senator. Anyway, uh, the governor's office has been pivoting back and forth between Republican and Democrat, and it tends to be largely in consistent with the national tide. So if a new president comes in, there's always that wave in Congress where the other party makes gains. Typically in Kansas, the other party makes gains in the governor's office. That's why the Governor's office went Democrat in 2018, 18, I think right? The, the blue wave. Yeah, and I think in 2020, there's going to be a red wave. And I expect that the governor's office will, will go back to Republican hands. But the uh, attorney general's office is the one I'm focused on right now because it's uh, at this time with Biden in the, in the White House and with his obvious willingness to break laws, not just in the immigration area, but in all sorts of areas, whether it comes to um, you know COVID vaccine mandates, whether it goes to firearms restrictions, uh, whether it, uh, it has to deal with every issue, abortion, down the line, uh, there is a certain lawlessness, that's a clear lawlessness that uh, has taken hold in the White House and the best officials positioned to stop the Biden administration from breaking the law are state attorneys general. They, can, they have standing to represent their yeah. state court. And, um, you know, it's been clear to me that that's where we need really need some action quickly. And right now, there are a few states that are bringing lawsuits, but primarily Texas. There's roughly a dozen lawsuits that have been brought since Biden took office, a, a much smaller number than the blue states brought against Trump. And um, it's you know, Texas is carrying the burden, the majority of the states being brought by Texas. And I want to see Kansas standing side by side with Texas bringing those lawsuits so it's really important to, uh, to you know, continue to protect the Constitution and the rule of law in light of what the Biden administration is doing. Yeah, in fact, that lawsuit that you just mentioned about the stay in Mexico policy, where there is an injunction yeah. now that's supposed to enjoin the president from any further failure to enforce that law, that came from an attorney general. It's sort of interesting that the attorneys generals have become so important to the reversing what Joe Biden is doing without legal authority. And so Kansas, that's, this is an important race, folks. And if you haven't been paying attention, important state to keep an eye on as a bellwether in 2022. Chris, what should we be watching for over the next few weeks? What are, what are the most important developments on the immigration front and in the political front? Well, I would say in, in terms of the lawsuit we've been discussing, keep an eye on the news. Uh, you can also you know, follow it on the Alliance for Free Citizens website, which is allianceforfreecitizens.org, or you can follow it on my personal website, chriskobach.com. That's K-R-I-S-K-O-B-A-C-H.com. So if you want to just keep track of what's going on and if you haven't heard anything about the lawsuit, you can find it at either of those websites. I think also we're going to hopefully, I'm waiting to see when the Biden administration will comply with the order that was given by the judge in the Northern District of Texas that you just alluded to. And that was the case brought by the state of Texas to uh, compel the Biden administration to reinstate the remain in Mexico policy, which, it, which again, is based in federal statute. The Biden administration a couple of weeks ago reacted and issued a statement saying, yes, we intend to comply with the court's order. So we will start beginning to comply. And that means we will start talking to Mexico. Now, that's not what the court said. The court no. didn't say have a discussion with Mexico. The no, court they said, said enforce the law, the right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So. We'll see how long the uh, Biden administration just remains neutral and refuses to follow that court's order. But the more time goes on and they aren't complying, the more alarming that is and the more Texas is in a position to uh, you know, ask the judge to hold the, the Biden administration officials in contempt of court. Yeah. So 
watch for that as well. There's a lot happening in the courts that can hopefully restore the rule of law. Think about that. The Homeland Security Secretary of the President of the United States being held in contempt of court for refusing to enforce a law on the books. Yeah. That would be a pretty remarkable moment, Chris. It sure would be. It would be indeed. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll keep an eye on this lawsuit. We're very excited to see where this goes. This is an important news story. So let's try to get you back on the show in a couple of weeks once that ruling comes down. Okay. Sounds like a good plan. We'll plan on it. All right, Chris. Thanks so much for your time today, folks. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Wow, what a show today. So thankful for Mark Morgan, for Chris Kobach for coming on, giving us frontline information and facts, not spin facts, about what's going on in the border. Imagine if a judge finds that the president of the United States and his administration have been violating the law. Refusing to enforce the law is a violation of the law. That would be a landmark lawsuit. We're watching that case very closely. You should be too. The Alliance for Free Citizens, the group that brought that, Chris, is their uh, general counsel. Let's keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, everything Mark Morgan said, just keep in mind how much misinformation we're getting from the traditional news media, from this administration. You hear what Mallorca said, and then you immediately Go to an expert, the guy who ran the agency until just a few months ago, and you find out you're not getting the truth. That's why we do in the show. We try to have truth and facts so you can make up your own mind. Two great guests. We're very grateful for them. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.